Welcome to the Quest Express, your passport to immersive travel experiences and cozy conversations. For curious explorers who understand the art of slow travel, we're your go-to podcast. Every few weeks, we touch the heartbeat of a new city where we chat with artists, innovators, historians, and entrepreneurs who make each city come alive. The Quest Express is not just a podcast. It's your ultimate slow travel companion. It's an invitation to begin your own quest. Today, we conclude with Chef Bobo. We'll talk about the Mardi Gras Parade. And if you'd like to purchase the cookbook that he was talking about in the last episode, I've included that link below in the show notes. It is called Chef Bobo's Good Food Cookbook, and you can find that in the show notes below. Enjoy the final episode with Chef Bobo. He says, I'm there. And then Cindy came to me and said, listen, I'm going to do this. You come along with I'm there. We started to made their own costumes, and I can remember making hats, hats to wear under their costumes for hours and laughing and having fun and just great. So we paraded that year, and it was a nice parade. You know, we had to borrow floats and kind of put our own. People said it was nice. They threw a lot of things to us, but I don't know if it's taken. That's all sunny. Next year, we had 26 floats, and they were built by this company. I knew one of those Mardi Gras Derek introduced three-dimensional flowers, which means they were made out of uh, paper, so really not soft paper, but hard paper. It had wire backing on it so they could shape and look like a real flower. And people would awe by it. The next year, we introduced special lighting, the um, uh, microfiber lighting, fiber lighting all over the floor. And so... Now, if you go onto the website, you can see how beautiful this parade has become. And, and because it's the crew of Orpheus, Orpheus is the god of music, what else would Harry Connick Jr. have except that? We, um, he, he, began, he would, of course, rode with us almost every year at the beginning. But he would also get other big name musicians to come in and ride in as celebrities. Yeah, so let's... Let's give a shout out to the website. So, so correct me if I'm wrong. So, it's a club, but it it also has a float on in the Mardi Gras parade. Is that correct? Is it is it a club during the year? Yes, it's a club during the year, but the meetings and the events are all around getting ready for Mardi Gras. Got it. Okay, so it's around the parade. It's a parade. It's a parade. Got that's, it. It's, that, that's the purpose of the club. The parade. The crew of Orpheus, it's K-R-E-W-E-O-F-O-R-P-H-E-U-S.com. So you can go there and check it That's out. That's correct. And you mentioned uh, um, that you have, you highlight, I think that there's a particular name for them. Is it Masters or something? Each year you have two celebrities, right? Who kind of are the right. MCs. So yeah. can we spill, are we allowed to spill who the two are in 2024? They've been announced they would love it if you spilled oh, it because spill. it's David Hyde, David Hyde Pierce and his husband, Mike. Oh, perfect. Mike Berka. Oh, I love David Hyde Pierce. That's exciting. Yes. Okay, awesome. Last year, last year we had uh, Joe, Joey Falone, who used to be with uh, NC. Joey Fatone, yeah. And we had, 
And we had Darren Chris, who was the lead uh, character on um, what was the name of that TV show? Um, little time for me. Mm-hmm. But they were wonderful, and they're great musicians. Yeah. So what should people know if they want to head to Mardi Gras from the 9th to the 6th during any time during that period of time? What would you recommend to them? How do they see the parade? When will it be? You know, how, what secrets? Yeah, keep in mind, they should keep in mind, first of all, that the parade starts two weeks before Mardi Gras Day. The first month, a little over a month this year, is all Mardi Gras balls, where uh, the crews like the queen of the Mardi Gras for that year for their club, and they have a big ball to, as a sort of a coronation to her. It's a big party and celebration, and um, they don't... So do you have to be a member? Do you have to be a member to go to those balls? You don't have to be a member, but you have to know someone, a member who can get you the ticket. It's not open to the public. Got it. And just out of curiosity, when is the Mardi Gras ball for crew of Orpheus? The day of our parade. And we call it Orpheus. I love that. You said two weeks before. It's February 6th. So we're talking about we're talking about January 23rd. That's a Tuesday. You, you want to go to see the parade because there's so much fun. You have people on the floats who are throwing things at you that, that are fun to keep. Okay, that's what starts two weeks before Mardi Gras Day. So if you count back from the 12th of February, okay. so it becomes like the 29th of January. Yep. That's when parading starts. Okay. There's a parade every night, and on the weekend, sometimes there's one in the afternoon as well as one at night. Then when you get to the final weekend, you get the big parades, the big, big parades with celebrity guests and celebrity monarchs that's what we call them yes monarch thank you people really that's when people come from out of town really in flood new orleans and that's when the hotels sell out and the restaurants sell out that that's the big weekend right and so mardi gras day is on the 12th we parade on what's called lundi gras which means monday monday fat if you will and we parade at night we, we step off at 6 o'clock in the evening. We ride through the streets of New Orleans, up St. Charles Avenue, all the way to Canal Street, down Canal Street, back to Chapatula Street, and then round and into the, the New Orleans Convention Center. Now, keep in mind, we've been throwing the people on the street. Now, the whole purpose of being in this parade is you're going to have fun throwing things. And I just finished buying all my throws. For next year. Yeah. I've got beads, I've got tambourines, I've got frisbees, I've got doubloons, I've got so many fun things to throw. So you're going to people on the street who are scrambling on the ground trying to get what they missed, you know, or trying to take it out of someone else's hand. Then you go into the convention center, you make a circle, because this is where the Orpheesca meets, our, our Mardi Gras ball, if you will. And in here you have people who are dressed formally. Men in tuxedos, women in, in uh, gowns, and their jewelry and everything—they're all dressed up for this formal occasion. And we make the round around, throwing things, and they're just like the people on the street, really? grabbing it out. Of 
getting on the floor to pick up what they missed. And it's just a very funny transition. Yeah, it brings out the childlike spirit in people. Uh, yeah, yeah, and the fun. Mm-hmm. So then we, we make a, a complete circle and then we park the floats in the convention center and they become part of the decor. So people can go around and look at them up close. Mm-hmm. And then we go to our tables and people who are there already are at their tables and they have entertainment all weekend. And then the big name entertainment comes on. This year we have Taylor Dane. I hope you know Taylor Dane. Of course. I, I used to have an album from her in the 80s. Yes. Yeah, she's great. I love her. She she rode with on my float about five years ago, and I fell in love with her. She was so much fun. She entertained that year. One of the best shows we've ever had. She's coming back. She's not riding this year, but she's going to be entertaining at the ball. Very cool. So David and his his husband will be there, and uh, Harry Connick Jr. will be playing. He will be the backup for Taylor Dane. And um, we'll eat and drink and get married. Laissez le bon temps rouler, they say. Yes. That's a good time to Laissez le bon temps rouler. Did I say that okay? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so when we spoke earlier, you said, oh, I wish we could do this interview on the float. And I thought, wow, what a great idea. So I'm just Would putting be. that out in the universe that in a couple of years when I go to the cities in person to to do hopefully a recap with the original interviews that maybe we could actually make that happen. I don't know how that would work. Do people ever, have you ever seen that happen? I mean, I'm sure that there's reporters that go on the floats, right? Many times. In fact, I've offered it. I, I was a, on the uh, advisory board for an organization called Students Across America. And so we had a big Gail and benefit to raise money, of course, every year. And one of the things I've offered twice was the ride on Mardi Gras. And so they won and they got the revenue. But yeah, you have people who are not part of the club who can be put on the float for various reasons. They've had, we've had reporters on, we've had, I'm sure we've had podcasters on. I can help you, I can help you make that happen. Cool. Let's make that happen. So I want to make sure that we talk a bit. You were kind enough to send me a jambalaya recipe. And so I <laughs> made me very hungry. So I wanted to offer if anyone is interested in that, they can reach out uh, to host at thequestexpress.com if they'd like that recipe. But I wanted to find out from you, like, what are you most interested now with food dishes? Is there anything you're obsessed with? Any fusions other than New Orleans food that are fascinating to you? Well, I, I have to admit that New Orleans food still is a heavy influence on me because I like the flavors. I, I like bold flavored food. Yeah. And if I can if I can bring that out into any other food, like it's really easy to do French cuisine. French cuisine is not about sauce and cuisine. people think it is. It's about cooking food the way it's supposed to be cooked so you get the best flavor out of it. Lawrence cuisine fused with French cuisine, making food that's cooked well even better. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, um, if I if I may, just a little bit about jambalaya. Please. Jambalaya is a really very important uh, food because it's it's a little bit of history of of eating in Louisiana. You realize that the influence of Spanish, it's Caribbean. 
um, meaning uh, Creole, in some cases, or it's Cajun in other cases. So it's, it's also African. Um, the word comes from Africa, Jamba, and uh, which is a rice cake, and you've probably heard of maybe in recent years, jollof rice. Jollof rice is a Nigerian dish that is really where jambalaya came from. I had a Nigerian chef cook it for me here at the Brazil restaurant, and I said, oh my God, that's jambalaya. And he said, yeah, I hear that all the time. So the Spanish had paella, right? which jambalaya is cooked like paella. Mm-hmm. African jollof rice influence. And if you put tomatoes in it, you've automatically made it Creole. And if you, New Orleans cuisine has what they call the Holy Trinity. that goes into just about everything. And the Holy Trinity is onion, celery, onion, celery, and garlic. And um, you put those three things in and it becomes Cajun. Wow. You've got a real mixture there that goes into jambalaya. The same thing goes into antipay. The same thing goes into gumbo. Mm-hmm. They're all influenced by those various Interesting. Peppers. Onions, peppers, and celery. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Onions, peppers, and celery. So are there yeah. any particular spices or herbs oh, yes. that are staples yes. in New Orleans cuisine? Yes. It's called, it's called a spice mix. It's got garlic powder, onion powder, black pepper, white pepper, cayenne pepper, chili powder, usually some cumin. It depends on the chef that's cooking. I, I like Paul Prudhomme's mixture, which includes all of those. It also has thyme and ground uh, mustard. Wow. Let me see if I got this right. Because I'm furiously writing it down. I love to cook. So, okay. so I have here a black pepper, white pepper, cayenne pepper, chili powder, cumin, thyme, brown mustard. Did I miss anything? Yes. You missed garlic powder, onion powder. Oh, yummy. That's a start. That's a start. Yeah, it is good. Yeah. If you'll notice, I, I call for that spice mix in the jambalaya recipe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you can buy it. You can buy it. You could actually buy boxes of Paul Prudhomme's mixes. You could buy boxes of what? Paul Prudhomme. He's the Cajun chef oh, okay. that I was talking about. I worked in his kitchen. Oh, yes. Weeks. Okay, Paul. Okay, awesome. They, they, still, they still manufacture his lines of spices. Wow. Spice mixes. They're all mixes. Is that kind of cheating or no? Yeah, it's cheating, <laughs> but if it's easier, why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's like when you take a test in school, if you can cheat, you don't have to study. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you free associate word association. If I ask you to start adjectives that you think of when you think of New Orleans, just start spilling them. Love people. Neighborhoods, architecture, music. I'm, I'm leaving out food, but it's there. Yeah. Indian tribes. I wish we could talk about a little bit called the Mardi Gras Indians. Please. A group established by two people of color. New Orleans was the, when the Haitian group in New Orleans. They created the first really community of free people of color. Free people of color were, were before the Emancipation Proclamation. Right. And it was people, if they had the money to buy their freedom, they could have their freedom. It wasn't automatic, but if you could afford it and buy it, save your money, you could buy your freedom. They were called free people of color. And they mixed very well with the Plains Indians in, in the New Orleans area. Okay. 
And the Plains Indians taught them how to dance the way they dance. They taught them from the traditions, their, their tribal costumes. So today you have what's called the Mardi Gras Indian, which is basically a black celebration. And on Mardi Gras Day, they come out with these oh, beautiful costumes, oh, headdresses that are so big, and they're walking down the street with these, they're beautifully beaded and embroidered, and their costumes, and capes, and everything, and they're walking around the city celebrating wearing those costumes. And it's it's really very touching because of where it comes from, and it comes from a very poor community who spend their time and their money creating wonderful costumes. Mm. Uh, my friend Sonny's mom, who was a real Mardi Gras woman, died at the age of 92, I think. She ran a costume shop. The thing they loved about her, she remembered every year what they had done before, and then they would come in and say, well, you know, you did that last year, so maybe this year you want to add this to it and put this color in. And she, uh, when she died, they had her funeral. The Mardi Gras Indians had a celebration of the It's just so moving, so beautiful. Works as they attributed to her because she was counseling. And they only parade around, and they don't have a route. They just walk around in the Treme section of New Orleans, which is the, the heaviest black section of New Orleans, all black. You can go and watch. They love it, have you can watch. And uh, they don't have a specific route. You just have to be there. Yeah. Mardi Gras Day. I'm having a brain freeze. Oh, I wanted to ask you about ghosts. Did you have any experiences with any hauntings or anything in the city? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Marie Laveau's grave. Marie Laveau was the voodoo queen. Mm-hmm. And, and I put a mark on her grave so that she would protect me. What I have learned about a religious practice that comes from the Caribbean and Africa is a way of expressing their love of God and it's what they think of God. It's, it's really not evil. Right. And the ghost seems, I guess, really isn't part of Buddha, but Buddha is a part of part of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a part of, part of New Orleans legend. Yes. You know? um, and it's it's really kind of interesting. There's still Buddha shops in the French Quarter, and occasionally you'll see a old woman walking around with a cross on her shoulder and, and different kinds of uh, embellishment of her costume, mm-hmm. and she's doing same tribute to some one of the gods somewhere. The gods of Buddha. Mm-hmm. I had the opportunity in New York to study with a spiritual teacher who taught Santeria and Buddha and uh, the Brazilian tradition and Bukumba. So I got to learn about those gods and who they were, what they were about. And, Quite beautiful. And one of my tips on Air France, I'm not on Air France, but still Pan Am, was to go to Rio a couple of times a weekend. And one time I was there visiting with a friend who was a famous night artist in Rio. She said, I have something special for you this weekend. We're going to a party. And my 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 descent or my my Macumba mother is giving and we want to honor you doing so I went there, and first I was terrified, and then I just fell in love. Wow. They, they had these big pots of the Brazilians, the black beans and the ribs, and 
and sausages in it. But they had people dressed in the Makumba dress. The women were wearing all white uh, and white bandanas in their hair and with full skirts down to the ground. And the men were there, who were Nigerian really, who were drumming. They danced for me. They did a full ceremony where they danced. And they pulled me in to dance with them, and I felt awkward. And all of a sudden, I felt myself moving. Maybe it was the ghost of the Makuma that, that got into me, but it was just such a liberating feeling. And afterwards, the the Maida Santo, the, the saint, the religious mother of my friend, said, "Robert, you are a child of Babaluaye and Yemonja. Yemonja." is the goddess of the sea. Baba Luaye, interestingly enough, is the god of the cemetery. She could be around me. They told me whenever I had a problem, to speak it down to them. Beautiful. Beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. So I, I could understand what was going on in New Orleans then, that religious practice, and respect it and understand that it's really not an evil thing, but rather a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. I wonder who was motivated to portray it as evil. Who was the first to, to kind of mer- you know, sell that narrative? I could tell you. Who? I can't give you a name, but he was a governor of Louisiana. Wow. Who fell in love with Marie Laveau, the voodoo queen, and jilted her. And the next year, he lost his election, (gasps) and he blamed her and said it's an evil practice. Wow. It all started there with a lie and a smear? Yes. Yes. In politics, of course. Where else? That is a big goal of wrong. Yes. Well, I want to... But it added to the legend. Yes. So fascinating. Well, Chef Bobo, thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to share? If, if someone wants to hire you or find out more about you, where should they where should they go? Well, you have my email. Yes. So we can share that? I don't have a website. Yes. Okay. I'll yeah, share they that. can share that. Okay. We can share that. Okay, perfect. The other thing I would... The other thing I would like to bring up is that when people think of New Orleans, they think of the French Quarter. Mm-hmm. There's so much more. Yeah. There's so much more. The French Quarter, of course, is where the when the French were in charge of Louisiana, New Orleans, they established their city in the French Quarter. And you, what's what's interesting about that is there's a street. This was there's a street called Canal Street that separates the rest of the city from the French Quarter. And French Quarter streets are not called streets, they're called rue, the French word for street. It's like rue Bourbon, rue uh, Shot, rue... On the other side, there's streets and avenues just to separate them because the French didn't want those people to come into ruin our city. So it's a very French area, but the architecture is really Spanish because there was a big fire right about the time the Spanish became in charge. The architecture is mostly Spanish. But if you get out to areas like Bobog Marigny, which is just to the north of the French border, you find these wonderful Asian cottages and old cottages, and you find all these things of red houses. You get to the Irish Channel, which is along the Mississippi River, south of the French border, where the Irish people settled to um, build New Orleans and work on the docks and all. 
That's where you find a lot of the restaurants, a lot of gift shops and thrift shops. And then you have the uptown area with your antebellum homes and the big giant oak trees and Spanish moss hanging off. You have the mid city area that has the beautiful city park, which is actually where I, I, I spend here in New Orleans. And there's just so much more to see than just the French Quarter. So I, I would just say, get out of the French Quarter. You can find plenty of information about where to go because there's so much more. They have the Esplanade Ridge, which is the northern boundary of the French Quarter, which goes all the way to City Park. And it's lined with double gallery houses. That are Perfect. Excellent. Well, Chef Bobo, thank you so much. I'm very hungry now. And this has been fun. Let's keep talking. <laughs> yeah, let's keep talking. It's been fun. You made me hungry. Great stories. Go cook jambalaya. Yes, I will. I'll do that. Thank you. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed Chef Bobo as much as I did. You can reach out to Chef Bobo via email to hire him and his catering company. That email is below. It is chefbobosurles, S-U-R-L-E-S, at gmail.com. You can buy his cookbook. That is linked below. You can also check out the parade route and potentially get tickets to the Orpheus Capade with Harry Connick Jr. and Taylor Dane. That link to Crew of Orpheus is also below. Next up, we'll be meeting a seventh-generation New Orleanian, who is extremely active in the New Orleans community. Jeffrey Dussant is the owner of Keller Williams Realty New Orleans, and you'll be hearing from him in the next episode. Have a great weekend.